sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. And maybe sooner than we think. Here's the old line. This is going to be a tough play. What's going on, Cubs fans? You are listening to Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Sean Sears, and on today's episode, we've got a Cardinals sweep to recap. So I bring on Bruce Miles from the Daily Herald onto the show to get his thoughts on the Cubs after they claim sole possession of NL Central. But first, we'll recap the series, preview this Marlins series that's coming up today, and then throw it to Bruce myself here in the second segment. You can get Locked On Cubs on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn App Radio, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. You should be able to find Locked On Cubs. For some reason, if you can't find Locked On Cubs, tell your smart device from when you get into your car to play podcasts Locked On Cubs to get all your great content. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Cubs. Subscribe to our YouTube show, Talking Cubs, which should have some new episodes up this week, on the Cubs Insider YouTube channel. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. Now, before we get started, I do have a quick word from our sponsor, ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free on that exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So let's jump into some of this baseball game, huh? Cubs sweep the Cardinals have taken first place. Um, Are you upset about any of this? This was an awesome three-game series here. Obviously, the first game on Friday was an absolute shutout from Kyle Hendricks. Nine innings, only four hits, only three strikeouts, took 81 pitches, but he silences the Cardinals. (laughs) Four hits, no real scoring opportunities throughout this game for the Cardinals and the Cubs absolutely took advantage of theirs in the third inning it was anthony rizzo hitting a deep shot to left or excuse me right field pulled the ball to scalso and bryant on base after walking just incredible shot from anthony rizzo take a three nothing lead and it pretty much stayed that way throughout the game until javier buys he drives in a run single scoring anthony or excuse me chris bryant rizzo moved to third in the seventh and that was all the scoring the cubs needed kyle hendricks Looked fantastic in this game. It was just absolutely locating. And we'll talk a little bit about Hendricks more with Bruce Miles here in the second segment. But quickly going on to the second game, this was an insane game as well. The Cubs win on Saturday 6-5. to five. All of this coming really, all the scoring mainly coming in the third inning for this game. It was Michael Walker versus you Darvish. Darvish only four innings, six hits, five earned runs. Uh, five walks, four strikeouts, but a lot of home run. It just wasn't a great outing 
for for you darvish who unfortunately had some run support to start this game chris bryant singled off michael walker early after descalso was able to get on base and he scores on throwing air but scores nonetheless um darvish unfortunately gives up a a double to Matt Carpenter, who scores Waka. Later in that game, Waka singles to the left side of the field, and he scores Fowler and Martinez. And then shortly after that, Harpenter, or Carpenter, Harpenter, Jesus, Matt Carpenter singles to right field. Wong scores. The Cardinals take a 5-1 to one lead in this game. But right after that inning, in the fourth inning, Javier Baez singles, David Bode singles, Almora bunt ground out, sacrifice to move them into scoring position, and then they intentionally walk Kyle Schwarber to get to Taylor Davis. Taylor Davis had not had a hit, let alone a home run in this game, but or in, the, in the entire season for what it's mad or for what it's worth against the Cubs. Tees off on a grand slam. Absolutely annihilates this pitch. Gone. Bias, Bodie, Schwarber score. Cubs tie this game up at five apiece in the fourth inning. Stays that way all the way until the eighth inning when Javier Baez, who had just before hitting this ball, had popped a ball up that it looked like maybe Colton Wong was going to be able to get two, and it does bounce off his mitt, but they deem the ball was foul. The Cubs challenged the play, hoping to get a double out of this. It doesn't get overturned. doesn't matter anyways, because on the next pitch, Javier Baez clobbers a baseball to deep right field. Game over. Not actually. The Cubs had to go in, and of course, Pedro Strope got the save on, uh, in the ninth, but... Cubs take a 6-5 lead. They now control this series. Then going into Sunday Night Baseball, this game was a ton of fun. Uh, Cubs had, <laughs> almost said Tyler Chadwick, excuse me, Jose Quintana on the mound. Tyler Chadwick does come into this game later. Jose Quintana comes to this game, goes six innings, eight hits, only two earned runs, two walks, two strikeouts. Looked pretty good. Um, probably stayed in that game just a little bit too long. Threw 103 pitches, came into the sixth inning with, about 91 pitches. Joe leaves him in, lets him work out of it. Cubs end up not needing <laughs> those two runs anyways because they win this game 13-5. to But the scoring started early for the Cubs. Uh, it was in the first inning when, uh, excuse me, second inning when Wilson Contreras teed off on the ball, just gone instantly. I think the distance on the ball was 444 feet, exit velocity of 104. He scorched it. Cubs took an early 1-0 lead. Later on in the fifth inning, uh, Jason Hayward triples. Contreras, who was walked before, scores on the play. And then shortly after, David Bodie hits a line-out sacrifice to get Hayward in. Cubs take a 3 nothing lead. It's in the four, the sixth inning is when the, ball, or the the Cardinals get on the board here. Yadier Molina hits a double into left field after, I believe, it was two singles from De Jong and Marcelo Zuna getting on base. It was Ozuna's first hit of the series, for what it's worth. Um, but Yadier Molina hits a double. He'd been sitting on off-speed pitches all night as Alex Rodriguez, just for some reason, frustratingly kept pointing out. And Yadi hit a ball. That yeah, Alex Rodriguez also said should have probably been a three-run home run. It was a two-run double off the wall. Uh, catch probability or hit probability on that ball was 14, 16%. Uh, there was no chance it was actually going to be a home run. But, you know, we can rub dirt in Alex Rodriguez's face later. Um, <laughs> Yadi doubles. He scores. Uh, Deong and Ozuna. Molina moves to third because Baez tried to flip the ball to Bodie, who's coming to cover second. Molina smartly runs over the third. Doesn't matter, though. Dexter Fowler gets walked, and Colton Wong grounds out to end the inning. Cubs still leading 3-2. Shortly after that, Ben Zobris leads that in the top of the bottom of the sixth off of the single. Chris Bryant does the same to left field. Anthony Rizzo drives him in on a hard left or, or hard double to right field, scoring both Zobrist and Bryant. And then shortly after that, Wilson Contreras single to right field. Baez scored after Baez and 
Rizzo got caught into somewhat of like a rundown sort of thing. Baez had a chopper to first bit or to the shortstop or to the pitcher actually, excuse me, grabbed by John Gant. Gant caught Rizzo kind of stuck in the middle there of a rundown and started staring at Rizzo. Rizzo smartly kept in that rundown long enough to let Baez get to first and then advance to second. So it was essentially a wash. But Wilson Contreras singles, Baez scores, Cubs take a 6-2 lead in the sixth inning. Later in the seventh inning, Ben Zilber singles, scoring Albert Almora, who had just hit a double. It was only his third extra base hit on the season. He had a pretty good game, too. He had another double later in this game. Uh, but before that, David Bodie doubled to right field, scoring Baez, who had gotten on base on his own double. Contreras had grounded out, and then Hayward struck out as well. Baez moved to third in the ground out, though. Uh, but Bodie drove in Baez, and then Albert Almora drove in Bodie. And then the bases got loaded when Mark Zagunis went up and walked, and so did Ben Zilbers. Bases juiced for Chris Bryant, who tees off on a grand salami. Cubs take a 13-2 lead in the eighth inning. Bottom of the ninth, Tyler Chatwood kind of makes things a little interesting. He allows a single to Matt Carpenter. Paul DeYoung hits a home run, scoring Carpenter, and then Ozuna tees off on a ball to left field. Makes the game 13-5. Cubs win, though, in the bottom of the ninth. Chatwood able to get a ground off from Jose Martinez to end this game. The Cubs sweep the Cardinals. A huge series. They improved to 19 and 12. They almost said 19 and 2. Sorry. On, on the season so far, they are now in sole place of first place, sitting a half game above St. Louis, who is now 12 and 14 or 10 and 14. Milwaukee a game and a half back at 10 and 16. Pittsburgh three games back. They're at 16 and 5. They won actually in a walk-off against uh, the A's yesterday. And then Cincinnati. One yesterday, but still 14 and 20, six and a half back in this division. So overall, just a huge series. Great, ton of fun. Taylor Davis stepping up hitting that grand slam had to be the highlight of the weekend, but the Cubs just put the cherry on top, just trashing the Cardinals on Sunday night baseball. So they will be starting a series with the Marlins, though, starting on Monday. It'll be Cole Hamels versus Sandy Alcantara. Alcantara actually faced the Cubs earlier this season when the Cubs played the Marlins in Miami. Lost, gave up six, excuse me, won six innings, gave up five runs, seven hits, one walk, seven strikeouts. Can miss bats and was doing so, but ended up starting to let the Cubs kind of get on top of him a little bit, and they bounced him out of there in the in the uh, after the sixth inning. So. Uh, on the season, he's got a 4.86 ERA. He's 1-3 in his most recent start against Cleveland. He only managed to go 5-1-3rd, and seven hits, six runs, four earned, four walks. His walk totals have kind of jumped since facing the Cardinals, or facing the Cubs, actually. Uh, four and three in his last two outings, both against Cleveland, surprisingly. So, uh, Alcantara, not necessarily great, but does have plenty of swing and miss stuff. Only 22 strikeouts compared to 15 walks, but is susceptible to home runs a little bit, but has plenty of swing and miss stuff. We saw, obviously, he struck out seven Cubs in his start against them. He struck out the Mets in their first game of the year, excuse me, struck out the Mets 10 times in a game last year. So definitely swing and miss stuff. But Cole Hamels has been on a great run. Obviously, his most recent start against Seattle wasn't necessarily bad, but wasn't great. Same with the Dodgers. Not terrible. Two no decisions. Only managed to go five and a third. We knew Cole Hamels was going to taper off a little bit after going eight and seven innings, um, but did absolutely tear up the Marlins when they faced him. He actually faced Alcantara last time as well. He won seven innings, only gave up three hits, eight strikeouts. So Marlins, one of the worst teams in baseball right now, coming in on the season at 9-24. and 24. They haven't reached double digits on their wins. This should be another easy series for the Cubs. Taking a look at who hits Cole Hamels relatively well, surprisingly no one. Um, only seen him so many times. Martin Prado in 75 games, OPSing 819. Uh, Jorge Adolfo, 
three games, 1334 OPS, but the rest of these guys, I mean, Castro, 15 games, 467 OPS. Granderson, 722 in 18 games. Uh, Neil Walker in 16 games. He's OPSing 321. Marlon should probably struggle against Cole Hamels tonight. Against Alcantara, the Cubs do. We have a couple guys that have seen him relatively well and only a small sample size, but they got to him in the last start. They saw him. This should be another probably easy win for the Cubs. So... That will about do it here in this first segment. Uh, before we roll into the second segment, I do have a quick word from our newest sponsor, Loki. All right, Cubs fans, I'm excited to talk to you guys about our newest sponsor, Loki. Loki bracelets let people celebrate and support causes near and dear to their hearts. They're infused with water from Mount Everest, the highest point on Earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on Earth. It's a daily reminder to help you find your balance during life's highs and lows. As a sports fan, we definitely experience highs and lows throughout the season. Loki Game Day Collection helps you stay humble and hopeful while rubbing your favorite team's colors. And with 10% of per net profits donated to incredible charities, you can support your team and support causes around the world. Since Loki is a friend of the show, they're offering you an exclusive discount of 20% off on all Game Day Collection bracelets. Go to Loki.com and use the promo code CHICAGOCUBS, all one word, to take advantage of this amazing deal. That's Loki.com. Use promo code Chicago Cubs for 20% off. Let's go get yours now. And now here is my interview with Daily Herald beat writer Bruce Miles. What's going on, Cubs fans? Joining me on the line right now is Bruce Miles, excuse me, Bruce, uh, beat writer for the Daily Herald, of course, covering the Chicago Cubs. Bruce, I appreciate being on the show today. How's your, uh, how's your day going so far? So far, so good. Getting ready for another series with the Marlins, but really a, a baseball fan's delight, especially if you're a Cubs fan, I guess, over the past weekend with the uh, Cardinals series. Yeah, it couldn't have gone much better, right? That was a crazy uh, crazy series. Of course, that Saturday game with Taylor Davis hitting the Grand Slam was was just nuts, but obviously taking these three games from the Cardinals is huge. This team, I mean, at one point was 2-7, and seven, is now at top of the Central Division here for the moment. What's been the biggest turnaround that you've seen so far with this Cubs team? Well, for me, it always starts with the starting pitching, and the Cubs have been getting that. Uh, Jose Quintana Sunday night is fourth quality start. I think the Cubs are now 13-1 and one when they get a quality start, and their uh, starters ERA in those games is about 1.2. But I think it all starts with that. And what you really see, too, is that the bullpen has stabilized itself after a slow start. Uh, Joe Madden, the manager, said that you know they had trouble in the back end of games. They're not having that trouble anymore. Uh, so I, to me, it always starts with the pitching. If your starters go deep, it sets up a lot of things for you, uh, favorable matchups late in the game. And, of course, the, the hitting has been holding its own, uh, and, and then some with Javier Baez and Wilson Contreras, and I think you're gradually seeing some of the other guys like Chris Bryant come along. Yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, Javier Baez had another fantastic weekend, but Chris Bryant, like you were saying, had some really good at-bats. Obviously, he finished Sunday night's game with a grand slam. Um, I'm sure that had to feel good. Just kind of, Brian, I know he's had a different approach to the game. It sounds like he's trying to go more towards the right field and lift the ball to get back to his power. Um, but over the last couple of weeks, he's been one of the best hitters for the Cubs. We just haven't seen the power numbers come. I guess, what are you seeing in Bryant that's making you feel like he's about to break out in a big way? Well, I'm seeing gradual improvement. Everybody wants it right now. But if you look at the numbers, 15 of his 27 base hits are for extra bases, uh, four home runs, 11 doubles. The slugging is good. The OPS plus or wins created plus are both very good above average. So I'm seeing with him 
Uh, he's starting to see the ball better, and uh, the grand slam to center field, he's using the, the entire field. Joe Madden is big on uh, mm-hmm. oppo gap to oppo gap or even line to line, and, and Bryant is doing that. I think the questions about his shoulder and that are, are starting to be behind us. The Cubs have insisted from day one that the shoulder's been fine, but I just think it's just been a, a readjustment process for him, a new hitting coach, third hitting coach in three years. But I, I, I think it – it's not a stark thing, but I, as I was mentioning the other day to somebody else, it's a gradual thing with Chris Bryant. And one day we're going to look up and see, wow, there's those numbers again. Right. And and it'll be nice to see. I don't think anyone's lost confidence in Chris Bryant. I think there's just a lot of fans waiting not so patiently for Chris Bryant to start hitting some home runs. But I feel like it's coming, and especially like in that Arizona series. He had a couple balls. He just scorched right at like left fielders and whatnot. I know everyone was talking about his exit velocity after that series in Chase Field, but he had a couple balls he really teed up on. Um, looking at the bullpen, obviously we've seen a huge improvement from this group coming into the season. Now they've, they've turned what some people are calling a strength. I'm still a little bullish on this pen right now. How are you feeling right now with guys like Pedro Strope, Brandon Kinsler, Steve Ciszek being guys that might have to close some games this year? Yeah, it's been a nice rebound year for a guy like Kinsler. He had a little bit of a rough time last year, but he's been a mainstay back there. I think one of the big surprises has been the lefty Kyle Ryan. He's come in, he shut down the Cardinals the other day in a very big situation, getting two outs to end an inning. And, of course, Strope has always been a reliable pitcher. He's going to end up being one of the Cubs' leaders all-time in appearances. Uh, mm-hmm. He's moving up in other uh, categories as well. And, and let's not forget here that they're still operating without their true closer, Brandon Moore, who may or may not ever throw another pitch for them again. So I think all things considered, they've done pretty well. And, um, you know, they're going to get Mike Montgomery back off the uh, the injured list soon. So, um, and, and I always say the, the bullpen a team starts the season with is never the one it ends the season with. Bullpens right. are fickle, they're finicky, and uh, they change throughout the season. But this one seems to have righted itself pretty well. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's they're, they're easily one of the biggest reasons the Cubs have been able to pull together. Um, I know with guys like, obviously, Dylan Maples is on this club, Alan Webster on this club right now, guys that have been pretty good but probably won't stick around much longer once we get, like, Carl Edwards back and Mike Montgomery. Do you feel like this bullpen, if they had to reach down to minors, could pull someone up and use him in late-inning games, or do you think the Cubs might seriously have to consider adding someone sometime in this, whether it's the trade deadline or finding out a way to acquire a player? I think that they'll uh, be in the market for a reliever. As I said, um, things change so quickly with bullpens. You can have an injury or a guy could go into a prolonged bad period. So I think they'll do both. I think getting a guy like Carl Edwards Jr. back up, if he's the, the Carl Edwards we've seen in the past, that's almost like adding uh, an acquisition from another team. Mike Montgomery has proven to be so valuable as a swing man. But I think, as always, as they've done every year that they've contended, they'll look outside to get maybe another left-handed arm or a situational guy, whatever it might be. But I, I fully expect them by July 31st to add at least one bullpen arm from uh, an external source. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm there with you. I mean, I think they're going to have to do something. I know fans are probably hoping Craig Kimbrell's of the world might fall on this roster, and I still think that's probably unlikely. But, yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be wild for the Cubs not to at least peruse what's out there, right? They always seem to do that. <laughs> um, looking at this roster right now, obviously there's some guys in some positions that haven't achieved what we were expecting, and then we've got guys in the minors like Ian Happ who 
or making strides in Iowa. He's probably close to getting called up if he isn't soon. Um, Albert Amora, though, hasn't had a great start to the year, but he's had a couple extra base hits in these last couple games over last week. Obviously, he had a home run, and then he had a couple doubles yesterday. Um, I What are you seeing out of that outfielder? Because I feel like there's a lot of a lot of what you what Madden pointed to being issues with Ian Happ could also have been issues with Albert Almora, and we've kind of seen that this year. Do you think Almora is safe, or do you think Happ is eventually lurking out there to take his spot? Yeah, I don't know if Happ is working to take Almora's spot. I think Almora is safe, and and I think Joe Madden has been right all along on this one. He's a guy that you have to play in certain situations with certain matchups, and that's taking nothing away from his ability, but that's where he seems to excel. Uh, you mentioned he and Hap doing pretty well. The uh, the contact rate seems to be better in Iowa right now. I, I think he is an option if somebody goes on the injured list or if they, they just need to, to make a change somewhere else. Uh, again, and I was talking with somebody else in the press box about this the other day, that in addition to a reliever, you know, another outfield bat or a, a bench bat might be something that they um, – uh, pursue or uh, investigate by the trading deadline. But certainly there are some options in-house there with um, Hap. And then we'll see what happens also when and if Addison Russell, an infielder, a uh, mm. pretty prominent one, comes back uh, to, to the major league roster. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, the animosity surrounding Russell is going to be interesting. But at the very least, you know you've got a solid defender with a sometimes plus bat there. So there's potential for sure. Um, last question for you here, first, before I let you go. Um, Kyle Hendricks obviously has had such a weird up and down season so far. He had back-to-back starts against Arizona where he looked fantastic and then he didn't look so great. Um, beyond that though, uh, it's just been kind of hard to see. Obviously the velocity is starting to tick up a little bit. It looks like his, he's locating his stuff, but he's still getting hit kind of hard. What, what do you think Kyle needs to do? I mean, we all know he's such a film nerd, I guess you could call it. He's going to self-diagnose himself and eventually work through this. But w- what do you think the issue really is right now? I just think it's location with the fastball, as uh, Joe Madden calls it, dotting up. He was dotting up the other day against the Cardinals, and they were also being very aggressive against him. They had five outs on first pitches and nine outs on second pitches of at-bats, but I think, you know, with he's, as we all know, not an overpowering guy, so I think he has to put the fastball where he wants to put it, and the uh, differential between the fastball and the changeup uh, has to be great uh, uh, several miles an hour, uh, to make that change up effective. And the curveball was uh, a pretty important pitch the other day, too. But I just think it's location with him. As you said, he's a very good, studious uh, uh, pitcher. And I think he does his best adjustments between starts instead of during the game, which is maybe something that will come over time. But at least he's aware of the problems, and he goes about trying to solve them. He also is big on the mental approach where he said it wasn't good for that terrible Arizona start. Well, we saw the other day, the, the approach was great against the Cardinals, two hours, 28 minutes, uh, very few balls thrown, and, and a lot of early outs. So those are all the things, I think, with Hendricks. Just an interesting guy, a talented guy, but uh, one that's never going to um, wow you with his stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's all about out-thinking hitters. He's not trying to make them swing and miss always. So, of course, we were speaking with Bruce Miles. Bruce, I appreciate being on the show today. You can follow Bruce at BruceMiles2112. He is, of course, the beat writer for the Cubs here at the Daily Herald. Uh, Bruce, anything you wanted to plug here before we let you go? 
No, I just think that uh, follow along on Twitter, follow along at DailyHerald.com, and uh, my approach has always been to make it enjoyable for the reader and to have fun at the ballpark. It's a game, and if the game's two hours, 20 minutes, I like it. If it's an entertaining game, it goes three and a half hours, I like it. Uh, So uh, if you follow along with me, we're going to have a good time and a few laughs, then maybe learn Mm -hmm. a thing or two about the game. (laughs) Bruce, I appreciate it. You have a good rest of your day, okay? All right, thanks for having me. That'll about do it for this episode of Locked on Cubs. Thanks again for Bruce Miles from the Daily Herald for uh, taking the time to work with me on the podcast. He's kind of got a busy schedule today before he was getting off to the ballpark, so I appreciate him working with me. If you are not following Bruce, make sure you do so. His Twitter handle is BruceMiles2112. Of course, he is the beat writer for the Daily Herald to get, catch all his coverage and content there at dailyherald.com. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Locked on Cubs on the new Himalaya podcast app and an ever-expanding podcast world. You need Himalaya with their personally curated playlist and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Lockdown Cubs. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. You can follow our YouTube show, Talking Cubs Show, on Twitter at Talking Cubs Show. You can follow myself on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. Thanks for tuning in to your daily Cubs podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day. And, of course, go Cubbies.